0: yeah see it does not it it's even doing it on kylie's laptop it's, it's, oh you restarted the movie okay i'm gonna say as soon as i pulled up the uh twitch all the sound went off
1: well now we gotta start over i think <laughs> sorry all right one more time sorry Welcome. Welcome, my friends.
0: Yes,
1: yes. The Welcome boys. back to the Best Boys podcast, a film ASMR. podcast. Number 15,
0: brought wow, to you 15. by the letter B. That's what, over, that's almost four months? one week away from four months wow that does not feel like we've done this for four months unless my clown math is off you're gonna need to speak up if possible sorry Um, it doesn't even feel like it's been almost four months uh, unless my clown math is off Um, damn this week this year's flown this whole summer's flown yeah
1: um, yeah I don't know, I guess so, you're right. We've been doing it since the beginning of summer. Um, but here we are.
0: I watch more movies in the summer than I probably have in, like, the last five years.
1: I'm pretty, uh, I'm probably a little more, but I've been, I've been binging a lot the last few years, so, um... This is just a reason a focused binge, mm-hmm. I guess. A planned binge. Well it's not a binge if it's only two movies a week. It's kind of I try not to watch a lot of movies outside of this. Mm-hmm. Um unless there's something that Riss wants to watch. Um mm-hmm. but um Yeah. We're back. It's Spike Lee episode. I don't know if we I don't know if I yeah. ever even said that to anybody, but that's what we're doing.
0: Um Dude, this is a good time. I like these ones yeah yeah these were. um i like these a lot more than i thought of it the only thing i'd seen from spike lee going into this i think was the old boy remake which wasn't very good that's considered but, uh,
1: his worst movie
0: yeah like by are, far These I mean, are both really good i the five bloods is super good um
1: <clears throat> i thought the i thought the five bloods was good well we'll get to that we'll get to that we but uh, let me remind you who we are my name's jp Mm-hmm. and uh, aka slob thomas and i'm here with uh with this guy
0: your boy cory sometimes That's, with a story
1: this sleepy man over here um over in the on the west coast uh this week in los angeles working on some things mm-hmm. um you got any updates for us on that front
0: no just it's gonna be really hot i'm outside the next two days and it's gonna be 99 degrees
1: both days we're recording this very early in the morning earlier than normal because um we have some engagements as you can see i got my jersey on it's football season um for those that are on the video podcast and uh so we we bumped it up a little this week plus corey has got some um morning work stuff um so he's dealing with some jet lag and uh it's even a little early for me on sunday but um that's not really a problem um I feel like I'd go to bed early, like an, like an old person now, because there's oh, usually I'd something be. going on, you know. Like, and mm. I would just rather be up in the morning than be up late at night anymore, which is a strange opposite mm. of the young me that would once. Yeah, get, when I was would... stay up late and sleep all morning.
0: Yeah, I have finally gotten over that whole like, I just need to stay up to finish doing these things, so I'm not going to have time to do it tomorrow. But now, but then I just once you get used to having so much time in the morning, it makes your day feel so much longer. If like you like can get so much more done, once the sun goes down and you just don't want to do anything. Yeah.
1: Um, yeah, it's get so much more done. I think that's the reason if I stay up late at nights, usually I'm just farting around just mm-hmm. laying around uh, doing nothing. Um, but I have been painting my Warhammer shit like crazy after just having this pile of built stuff like a thousand dollars of built things. Um, but now I'm, um, I've been painting and that's been fun. So I did all weekend basically. Um, other than we had a funeral to go to. Um, but that was, a, that was a somber note, but I was glad to just chill on Saturday and paint and watch these movies. Um, long, long, but good movies. And, uh, yeah, this is my as far as to get to you know our main subject of the day, Spike Lee. My experiences with him. Um, I've seen Black Klansmen. Um I feel like I've seen do the, I've seen parts of Do the Right Thing, but I've never seen the whole thing before. Um, but I think that's really it. Um, I don't really think I've seen anything else from him. Bodak just subscribed. Do the Thank right you. thing.
0: Where nobody Ayo. did the right thing. Thank you, Bodak
1: um uh, nice nice that'll be on uh that'll be on the, be on the audio uh, hopefully we get more of those and then people can chime in and the and give their their opinions um mm. but there's a but any but there's a lot of movies of his he's got a very story career uh with ups and downs um there are notable misses i believe you referred to old boy earlier um yeah. but uh but also some really, really good ones, and I think we saw—I mean, do, we saw you know him at his be- at the height of his powers, um, and probably his, his strongest critical film to date, uh, and do the right thing. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, we're doing do the right thing today, and his most recent film, D- Defy Bloods, um, which was strong as well. Um, but I have a lot more to say about that one. Do you want to start? I feel like we were talking about this before. Do you want to start with do the right thing, since that's like a since it's yeah, first. Yeah. So first and it's kind of like his quintessential piece, I would say. Um yeah, you can
0: see more of the, the uh the change from you know nineteen ninety or eighty nine all the way to thirty years later. Which it's a in my opinion it's a big jump, but there's definitely a lot of connections that you can see from like the style of how he does his uh films. Um
1: yeah, so this is his third film. So he's he's kind of uh, his first like well established by this point film. Um, she's got to have it in School Days or his first two. Um, Mo Better Blues uh, I suppose is kind of gets slumped into with his beginning phase as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been really wanting to see these films for a really long time. They've been very influential uh, in style to like the aesthetic the you know the the, ti- the the titling and graphic design the music um you see this on a lot of other movies that follow after i think of the kid and play movies um the, yeah, the, the yeah comedic and i don't know this might just be a sign of the time and i um, i have a problem where i like to assign direct influence to things that i don't fully know the full picture of yet so but i, I do see that link um, where this is a critical thing that came before. And then you had more popular commercial things in, with mm-hmm. using those aesthetics that have followed after like the house party series and whatnot. Even Martin Lawrence is in the house party series. Yeah. Is in do the
0: right thing. Um, <clears throat> do the yeah, right they, thing. They, Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say it, uh, um, yeah, it definitely sets up that whole, like, um, that whole like kind of genre of films all have that like it's colorful but it it still has like the uh like the heavy subject matter but it's done in such more like seems like a more joking way until shit hits the fan
1: it feels Uh, and i think uh it makes it feel real but also it's a little like pulpy at the same time um i saw um in research for this episode i saw um people describe um when spike is at his at his peak of his powers, that there's like this pulp element to it where it's like, uh, um, uh, kind of not like boiled down a little bit and like stylized and, and there's a, like you said, there's this funness to it. Um, it's not, it's not super real, but the elements that happen, the the story beats, especially in do the right thing, feel very real to this day. Um, yeah that's what makes this what's make this film so powerful to me is uh how relevant it is to what we have going on mm. you know twenty years late thirty years later this this mm. movie came out when I was born um not when I was born but the same year yeah,
0: um, it's like uh, three months
1: so I like uh it feels very formative you know to the time when we grow up and kids also like how we felt about kids this feels even even more so for to that i mean it's four years it's a few years earlier so we don't have like this direct connection um but we're kind of we were living we grew up in like the fallout of this you know movement um i think of like living in living color and um just a lot of stuff in the early 90s that were probably were influenced by these kinds of projects
0: Yeah, it's crazy how much just, you know, the difference of six years and shooting in the same, you know, shooting in New York, how different, like, the two different directors make it feel. It almost feels like two separate things, where Do the Right Thing almost feels like it's on a soundstage for most of the film. uh, It's definitely
1: smaller. uh, It feels um, smaller, because it's just supposed to be, like, this neighborhood. Like, it's a closed-off neighborhood, almost.
0: Yeah, and the way that they, like, lit it, everything is very well like lit and everything so it makes it feel like you're uh like oh the stage thing
1: yeah like a theater stage
0: exactly because um in i've been on like the universal lot for cinegear um and work and stuff and it's literally when you go on on the studio lot it's just a fake city uh in there very similar to like something like this so it very much felt like this was more like uh not like a stage play but just kind of like it felt it felt more like a, um, I, I guess not as real, but the the, like the human interactions and stuff felt like kind of not campy at first, but just more like more fun and bubbly.
1: There is a level of camp. Aesthetic. It feels real, um, but it feels it feels like over the top, or like yeah, uh, yeah. it feels like a play. Um, like there is yeah, a uh, a dramatization, and it's like it's a, like you said, it's fun, and I mean these are all elements of you know, this real neighborhood that he's trying to capture, uh, yeah. where there is a community and like, and it's really sad. Well, how this movie ends. Cause I don't think that any of these people truly like hate each other. No, um, no, but I... it just, these like tensions boil into this point and the system, you know, the system gets involved and the system, fucks it up and yeah. it just makes it worse for everyone involved. Um, so yeah, do we want to uh, do we want to you know go into the basis of the movie? It's an ensemble cast. Spike Lee is the lead of the film, uh, playing. Which in... I didn't
0: know going into um, I, I, the first like half hour of the movie, I'm just like, is that Spike Lee that looks and kind of sounds just like him? Um, and yeah, I mean, obviously it's him, and it's uh, I, th- I thought he did a good job. I um, the cast I think was really good. Uh, I liked the uh, Radio Raheem a lot and uh but the mayor is probably my favorite because he was just like this drunk guy walking around but with uh but like a heart of gold essentially um you know trying to like uh impress my mother sister and try to like always make sure the kids are doing like nice thing He call he refers to all of the kids as doctors um which i thought was fun um i don't know if there's any other meaning behind that though but um but uh, I, I mean, the, the premise of the movie is it's it's hot 100 degrees in New York and everybody is just getting more and more pissed off as the day goes on. And like the whole movie takes a place across like a day. Um, but how did you uh, how did you feel about the cast?
1: Um, It was a, it's a really strong cast. Um, a lot of these actors have been working for a really long time. Um, John Turturro is in it. Um, Ozzy Davis plays the mayor, who's had this long storied career. Um, mm. Ruby, John uh, R- Giancarlo Esposito, uh, who is famous for being Gus from Breaking Bad, um, is uh, it's wild seeing him so young and playing this very different character um, than the straight laced, um, you know, very clinical uh, Gus. Um, Gus Fring from uh from Breaking Bad, and and I mean I've seen him in so many little things, and it's crazy that he didn't really get his flowers till that point because he's been the fact that he's been you know was in this movie and um and many more um over the in shows and things over the years and just yeah he was in his fifties and uh, or whatever and Breaking Bad just blew him up, Um, but good for him uh yeah i love him love him john like i said john torturo spike lee actually it was probably the worst actor in the film but still held his own yeah. um <laughs> Ro- rosie perez uh this is probably the youngest movie i youngest i've seen her in a film um i always i know this is like the worst not like probably the worst example the most normie example but i always remember her from being the crooked police officer in uh pineapple express um
0: oh wow i didn't
1: even notice that yes yes it's very young um martin lawrence is a, has a small part samuel jackson who i, I didn't know was in this movie I, that was yeah that was the one up. i didn't know has a you know movie stealing performance as his radio host um senior sure. love daddy uh and it's like a radio host in the window so everyone can see that he can interact with the people um you know out in the street and it's just very it feels very re- relevant um and it just fits really with the motif that's going on like there's a radio play uh radio thing going on through the movie which actually is in um the five bloods as well but to a smaller degree Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, it really sets the the scene for everything. Um, but when things get chaotic, the ra- the fun radio guy kind of takes a step back. Like you make they sh- show a shot of him. I think when all the chaos is happening in the end. Um, but um, the fun uh, and the the theatrics of it kind of ta- peel back, and things get really fucking real in the end of the movie. After we're having like this fun, being immersed in this like diverse a neighborhood and like there's there's turbulence but it's really generally everybody kind of getting along um you know even with the the racial tensions that come up in the movie it's over a fucking um uh, getting a black person's picture on a, wa- a wall of fame in an italian american pizzeria um and you know both, and i think that you know, i i watched some analyses and reviews afterwards i mean riss talked about it, and a lot of people um paint so in the the pizza place is called famous Sals um uh, and it is uh play sal's played by Danny aiello his his two sons are idiots john Doturro is one um and uh they are i forget the name of the other guy he's in a bunch of shit as well um and they, there's like this, most of his clientele are African-Americans. He's opened in an African-American neighborhood because there's too many pizzerias in the Italian neighborhoods. And uh, he does well, seems to do well there. And, uh, and, but there's this, uh, the, the son, the one son is really racist. Um, and Mookie works there. And Mookie is a slacker, um, but he kind of means well and he kind of brings... So a vibe to the place that I think is is needed, some you know levity and diversity to the staff. Um, Though he is a slacker, Mookie kind of sucks, and we find that out. Like as much as Mookie yeah. is really likable, um, and Mookie uh, is a good guy, and he seems like you think he's got a good head on his shoulder because he's so confident um, and and kind of cool out in the street. But you know when it comes to his own life, he's pretty uh, shitty. He's barely holding this pizza job, and um, never his, sees his character. Yeah, he neglects full father and and only sees his baby mama for sex and um, mm. but he plays it slick, like, you know.
0: Yeah, the um, I was gonna say the uh, it's cra- John Turturro, I didn't know was in this at first, and when I saw him, I was like, oh, you know, he's funny, and then you know, he's 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 one of the worst people in the movie. <laughs> um, yeah, but the, uh, the dynamic. The dynamic between Sal's the all the people at Sal's famous the like like Sal, um, what is it, Pino and and uh, Vito, um, with Mookie though it uh it, that all those interact in the shop it, it's it's very much kind of just like the New york you it, it, like re- repeating the same thing that you said it's like did he just asked me to do this I I swear it he not ask me to do this but it's it's very funny, um, the way it's all delivered and I really like the guy who played Sal, um, but. Mookie, like I used to be a de- pizza delivery driver and you'd be fired after the first delivery. If you just stopped and took a shower or just stopped and h- hung out with your girlfriend for what seems like at least a half an hour. Like, yeah, this long, long delivery. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like, it's not getting fired. And at the end, you know, and at one point towards the end, uh, sounds just like, you know what? You always got to place here, Mookie, <laughs> even though it's, you're terrible at your job but apparently we only get five deliveries a day so you're fine to just take an hour and a half fucking lunch breaks and and just stop whatever you're doing and go back to work whenever you please
1: yeah um so the main like i was saying the main conflict of the movie is deals with Sal's pizzeria having this hall of fame, and it's all you know, like Frank Sinatra and and um, Al Pacino. All yeah, all Italian Americans. And John um, Carlos Esposito's character his name is named as Bugging Out. Um, he, you know, says that, uh, and he's introduced in a pretty shitty way, where he tries to buy pizza that's two dollars, and he crumbles up a one dollar bill and just expects them to accept that. Because he refuses to pay $2. And then he yeah. then immediately demands after the pizza shop owner was like, all right, whatever. And you can have it. And then demands that they put a black person on the wall, which I think that there is a, I think there's a valid argument to that because, you know, most of your clientele are black people. Um, and it would be nice to you know say that. And then Sal's argument is kind of valid as well, especially when you think about how ethnic uh, uh, white ethnic identity was in the early '90s, like every, yeah,
0: especially in New York.
1: Uh, in New York, <laughs> yeah, you know, in cities, you know, neighborhoods like Italian neighborhood, Polish neighborhood, whatever. So, like, I get his argument. Like, it's for Italian. This is an Italian, you know, Italian shop. Um, we're Italian, and we want to, you know, talk about Italians. And, yeah. um, and I think ultimately the. John Carlos Esposito is the probably the history would win out will win out with, Um, but Mm -hmm. I think it's just the way it all happened and the aggressiveness that kind of like, it, I think it's supposed to be presented. Like both people have an argument here and both mm. people are abrasive to a degree. Um, the Italian son, um, but also Sal is pretty abrasive. Sal, kind of gets, uh, there's a lot of ambiguity, uh, ambiguity for a movie that's called do the right thing. It doesn't really present to you clear, um, the right thing good is. and bad characters. I obviously John Totoro is bad because he's racist. Yeah. Um, But everyone else, I think, in the film, um, is presented with good and bad. You know, like um, Mm. I've read readings that present Sal as being bad, uh, but I think that it's more complicated, more nuanced than that. And I would say,
0: sorry, I'm sorry.
1: The whole the whole motif of the film being, um, you know, it's called do the right thing, but but what is the right thing? And everyone's doing the right thing to them or whatever and in the moment this might seem like the right thing but was it really the right thing and all that kind of stuff um what are you gonna
0: say i was gonna say yeah i think it's extremely more complicated for sal's thing because it's like you i can't i, mean, have... I can't hear you Nope. Oh, I, I feel like i'm yelling uh can you hear me now My me.
1: Yeah, no, it's me. Nice. Uh, it's me. Uh, my cord got but, pulled out. Um, we'll no edit way. it. We'll edit, edit, edit that out. Uh, go ahead. Well, um, ready. You can go ahead.
0: But yeah, it's way more complicated for, especially with the South thing, because it's the after I watched the movie and you know, like after the main climax, my whole thing was just like, is like there's two ways you can look at this uh, for how the ending of the movie went. Is it, it's either uh, Sal's fault for not like wanting to like letting them put a picture of a, a famous black person on the wall or it's is it radio rahim's fault for being very not understanding if you walk into a business blasting a radio and they ask you to turn it down and then you just keep screaming more back at it although sal shouldn't have taken the bat to the boom box but it's like i there's so many people it's like who's it could have been prevented. The whole ending could have been prevented if just somebody had one of like of the like between bugging out, Radio Rakeem, and Sal had a little more patience. And it's like it's such yes. a situation. Uh,
1: yes, that is why it is like it is tragic. That's what makes the ending so tragic and impactful, is it was completely avoidable. Um, yeah, well,
0: Mookie kind of set off the whole like the events too that led to the the police showing up um in droves too because he, he thrown the trash can.
1: That uh, wasn't until after Radio Raheem died.
0: Oh, that's true. That is after that. Yeah. That, yeah, kind of, that, that whole, was that uh,
1: was his response to the murder of Radio Raheem. And I don't even think it was about Sal's at that point. Because he explain Mookie explains it to Sal at the end. He's like, you know, you got insurance, you're gonna get you you know, you're gonna get money for this. You'll be able to open a new shop. Um and, you know he kind of explained his reasoning for why he did it. Yeah. Um, but we don't have shit. We still don't have shit at the end of the day. Um, we can't, you know, what can we do when one of our own was murdered? Um, it's so relevant. I, this story yeah, is so true. relevant to today with, um, this literally just happened with George Floyd. Um, there's also, you know, you could draw connections to any, you know, many of these stories, Eric Garner, Philander Castile, um, you know, uh, Brianna Taylor, etc. Um, and you, it kind of explains the cycle of rage, um, and and the, these tensions that have boiled. Because um, it's not like this isn't just about the boombox. It's about mm. what's it's about history. It's what's been going on in America and what you know every the individual the Italian immigrant story. And there's also this animosity, uh, and I'll let you and I'll pass this over to you. But there's also this. Um, comparisons between immigrants and how the Italian-Americans, they came to America and it took them a couple generations to build up um, enough wealth to have businesses and things. And then they talk about the Korean, I believe it was a Korean-American. Yeah their um uh, the markets and how they just come here and immediately they own um all these stores and markets um you know small small bodegas and stuff, nothing big but it mm. you know if, uh, from the perspective of these black people that have lived here for generations, they have to you know grapple with why this is happening, and this movie you know brings up multiple perspectives on why this is um and these tensions because of that um you know these comparisons you know com- we're we're living together in these this diverse community but why do some have why do some have some and some have none um and and uh, yeah it's part of the tensions i think what do you think about that
0: yeah the the whole scene with uh sweet dick willie and the other two guys those guys are hilarious sweet dick willie is awesome name sweet uh, yeah I, he he pretty much just keeps saying yeah great name right yeah right <laughs> but um they have a whole conversation about this when they're like looking over at the the korean uh guy's store and the guy uh, the one guy is like you know we he they he's either a genius or you know we're like the dumbest motherfuckers alive um because of the how like quickly like they were there for less than a year and they were able to open up a shop and everything um but then they bring up the the one guy who brings that up is also just like you know you know it's keeping the black man down and all that stuff and then the other two guys are like you can't keep you know using that as an excuse to um what's it called to not do something and then they all just you know joke around and laugh at each other but it was just like a uh is bringing that up in that kind of way because it's like a comedic point it's a comedic delivery but it's bringing up such a real point it's just like why is that and that's but in reality it's just because the bank lenders at that, especially at that time and today still like don't give loans out to black people in at, at the same proportion that they do for other ethnicities and stuff and it's uh-huh. like, there's uh you are for sure like there is an m- element of the man keeping you down for sure but at the same time when you've been put down for so long how do you have the like the the want to even try something because you feel like it's you're just going to be shit on the entire way going through trying to make it happen um
1: I mean, I'm mean, not even just beyond the specifics of it this the they just say you know is this it's the it's the system it's the the you know it's the way the system is built to keep black people down um and then they talk about other things as well it's not like that's the only theory, but I mean that seems to be what the film walks away from as uh bringing light to
0: that well this is a thing um yeah it's like man. a combination a combination of like the, the the real stuff that you are aware of and happening but also like growing up generation after generation and seeing like what happens whenever like like back then especially what, what happens whenever like a black man tries to make it so to speak um just all the adversities and stuff and not and it can be just like what's the point you know you just like there's so many people like in the movie you know they're just they're just there for they've lived on that, like the mayor, he, and mother, sister, like they've just been there their whole lives. And so all they have is to just try to keep their neighborhood like, you know, together and, um, with whatever, you know, powers they have.
1: And that's just, it's sad. Cause there's just, there is this sense of community. There is tensions, but it don't seem to be actually directed at each other personally. It's like, that's what's weird about it like I mean there is like Radio Raheem makes the choice to never turn his thing off and honestly um, I believe and this is a theory uh, and, and I don't mean to be insulting if this is not the intent of the character um, and also we need to we need to also bring it on because we've been watching um, a few different um, movies made by African American directors, uh, filmmakers um, and you know I need to, we need to identify that as white straight white men are just white people um that we only have we can only have a certain level of understanding and and perspective on um uh, what they're these stories that they're trying to tell in this voice so any critique is always you know taken with a grain of salt and, and always try to keep that in mind but doesn't mean we can't talk about it and analyze it or anything like that and enjoy especially enjoy these great films um, but anyway, sorry. Had to, I feel like that disclaimer needed to be made because we've been talking a lot about, we've been doing some really good, um, African American, uh, films and not just made by, but dealing with these mm. struggles. Um, but I don't remember what I was doing, what I was saying before that. Oh, Radio O'Rahim, the character, me and Riz were talking that it seemed like he might have some kind of mental, you know, health issue. Um, you know, maybe you know, I don't know, but aut- you know, maybe autism or something. But it's like I hey, we were thinking about the fixation on the one song and the fi- you know mm. having to blast his one song constantly and and everything like not a deep level like but some kind of uh, small level that like the the attachment and obsession over the boombox and the one Public mm. Enemy song. Not even just Public Enemy, it's the one song and um and it in the song being another theme of the film fight the power uh and, and it made me think about you know his state of mind and keeping you know if, if sal or the people involved with what was happening knew that about radio raheem in a modern like in terms of modern sense would you you know you would be a little more understanding than just immediately smash the thing and smiley yeah. there is a there is a um mentally handicapped a uh, character named Smiley throughout the film, who is trying to sell um, uh, art that is just it's photocopied pictures of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, um, which is another theme of the film we haven't talked about is that the reconciling of these two philosophies and what and what to you know what do we do with those going forward? Which I think mm-hmm. in the end we Mookie made that decision by throwing the can to the window after Raheem was murdered. Uh, by police Uh, i don't know if you're explicit about how that went down um you know sorry i'll wrap this up and throw it back to you um but um i think you know know, if that was if there was that understanding and um and was able to get that kind of not that he needed care essentially but just that kind of awareness um you know that this event could another way this event could have been avoided um and smiley uh, just real quick, Smiley, who's the, the, uh, the person, the mentally uh, handicapped person that um, sells pictures of Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X, uh, he plays a major part because this, the, the son is really mean to him at one point and not understanding of him. And it leads to the, you know, the main reason why Sal gets burnt down because Smiley is who lights the match. What do you go ahead? What do you
0: think yeah. about all that? The um, it's so it's such a hard thing because the way like Radio Rahim comes in so aggressive with everything, and it's like you know, when he comes into Sal's with the blast of the music, and he's just he's just calling a motherfucker this motherfucker that. And it's like it's, I feel like even having that slight mental handicap, it's it, it would be hard for any business owner to kind of really read that whenever there's so much like anger coming out of it. Um, There's like just something. I, uh, it's so it's such a complicated situation. There's something like... better
1: that we could have done, besides... like like smashing his radio, and also uh, getting a situation started that brings the police and mm-hmm. enables his murder. I think in uh, like within the new political conversations that we're having regarding policing and things like i think it all got politicized with defund the police but a lot of the things people are talking about is instead of having cops come down in a situation like this you know maybe having a police officer there but having any like social worker or somebody Mm -hmm. lead lead what's going on and try to diffuse the situation you know rather than immediately kill someone like yeah. escalating to the highest end and it's you know like uh I think that's what you know, the people in and on the right you know they boil things down to like we need to do they're saying to take the money away from the police and it's no it's like there's just another way to do this there's a, there's a yeah. better way and, and I this that scene and how the whole end of the movie plays out is a result of this fra- this antiquated um policing system and also just the the system, how it affects African Americans. Um, do you think that Radio Raheem would have been murdered
0: if he was white? Um,
1: I don't, this uh, movie no, definitely probably. says no. This movie yeah, definitely
0: probably. says no. Probably uh, not. I think I think if the bat, if it all went down again, exactly uh, the same. Exactly e- the same. I probably not. I would say I probably not as well. Even, even if it got roughed it's, up, it's, it's, it's still it's not still murdered. Take- are we still consider in the same community the same neighborhood and everything as
1: much as we can keep the same to, you know to make it a comparison i yeah. i think in reality no and um but and i think this movie is definitely asserting no
0: no for sure for sure yeah obviously was, the movie but because uh. i feel like if it was the only the only thing i can think of is like if it, if he was white i feel like all of the the black people in the community would have been less getting heavily involved in and in, because it became a big mob of people trying to pull people off of each other and all that but well, I think it was, it was like, trying like trying to people break it
1: was it. just a natural people yeah, trying, to trying to break up up. a
0: fight like
1: that it wasn't anything abnormal until murder happened that <laughs> is was, what uh, made it into an abnormal situation i think um
0: because um well you had like the uh the other the four kids that came in with martin lawrence and the the other two guys and the girl and they like they jumped in at one point to start like like well sal. and
1: it was because of sal who said the n-word and that that was yeah, when sal yeah, did, yeah. sal's rage came like th- those people were on Sal's side and that is also yeah. the thing i forgot about because i was trying to say sal is a a neutral character in this um with he, flaws he with
0: for the most part but in the but
1: point. in the end he's shouting the n-word at them in a rate yeah. in a in something that has to do with a racial protest and every, all the black people in there, the patrons that were supporting Sal and be like, get the fuck out of here, turn that off, Raheem, um, mm. are immediately on their Raheem and uh, bugging outside, understandably yeah. so. Um, so I forgot that is an important, important detail. I mean, he's frustrated, but mm. it's no excuse to use that word. Um, and you, Sal didn't use it throughout the entire film. It was yeah, he, only he, John Turturro that did. Yeah. Um. And you know, it makes you wonder where he heard where he heard that from, <laughs> because it is his dad. Um. So I guess so. I guess I more understand with that, but I I do feel bad for Sal. I do. Um. I think Sal is a sympathetic character, but I yeah. think that that at the end of the day, this is uh this is something that could have been avoided in many ways by multiple hmm. people involved and ultimately got to this level because of systemic racism um and it's what this film's trying to say and it's and maybe at the when this film came out someone could try to argue it but how much video visual evidence we've gotten in the last 30 years since um the fact that this exact situation has happened and caused you know Um, civil unrest throughout the country and just activism throughout the good, you know, positive activism and change throughout the country, um, Mm. you know, speaks to the power of this film and the story. And it, it, this is a, and I haven't revealed how I've actually felt about it, but we haven't said anything bad about it. This is an amazing movie. Um, this is maybe one of the best movies I've ever seen. Um, The, the, like I said, the power, the relevance of it, the style, the color, the stage, the ensemble cast. I think the only things I could knock it for, uh, we were, me and Rister last night were just trying to find criticisms because we couldn't. And, I would say the use of Fight the Power overuse of Fight the Power. I would have loved to hear a few more songs on this soundtrack than just Fight the Power. But I think that there's a reason why the repetition is used in mm. artistic sense. So I think I can find uh, a pass for that. But it did get to me by the end of the movie. And I think maybe that's the point. The, the whole opening of the movie is Fight the Power for like six minutes on loop while we yeah, watch Ruby Perez dance. Yeah. Rosie Perez, excuse me keep combining ruby d and rosie perez um but uh so it it, i'm annoyed by the song by the end of the movie and i love that song and i love public enemy um and and i that that and then i mean spike lee's acting is cool but sometimes it's not the best but it's just because he's Mm -hmm. he's got so many great actors in his cast
0: yeah the, uh, yeah, I would say the, the only knock I have is Spike Lee is a bad actor in this movie. But honestly, when you're also directing, like, he also, he produced, wrote, and directed this. So you have so many moving parts. So probably the last thing you're thinking of is just like, you know, like, I'm not the, I'm, my character is just a vehicle to get you around the neighborhood and get you into Sal's. But the, the, everybody else in the neighborhood is the real cast. But um, I liked his vibe,
1: was, though. Like, yeah, he wasn't a great actor, but he was like, there was something cool about him. Like, he just felt like that cool guy that was always around yeah you know like that's just the he, he that's always around town, and everybody knows him you know um yeah. i it worked so it still worked for me, and I don't think that was enough to bring it down oh, here.
0: yeah i i nothing that I would be like oh man, he sucks, it was just like uh, you know it's just noticeable, not the best. yeah, especially compared um, to this cast oh of course, of course the, a, I, I, I was gonna say I love how much of this um uh, the big thing for me at least that that felt like a play style is when um a lot of this would just cut to just, uh, you know, a close, uh, not a close up but just like kind of like a, a medium shot, of but always looking up and they're always like making them feel bigger, like talking down, uh, not talking down to the audience, but just like talking down towards the camera. And they're just kind of like monologuing for a little bit. And you had that with radio Rakeem and his introduction. You had that with, uh, uh, Mookie on a scene. You had that with,
1: um, multiple uh, bugging. You know, I'm just clicking through, uh, screenshots and, yeah. uh, they're all from that <laughs> angle or like they're either straight on or they're um, yeah, they're a little totally bit below um, also Dutch use of Dutch angles was really mm. interesting at times the when they were used um, yeah this is like the, the picture I have up right now the scene uh, when they walk when Raheem and bugging out running walk into Sal's Um Mm -hmm. is on a dutch angle and it's at that lower angle and it just it's like the shit it feels shit is off you know
0: yeah um i mean he does he incorporated some dutch angles early in the movie which i was like i wonder why because it was still when things were pretty calm but it would just be like the the mayor talking to like the four kids on the stoop and when it would cut to the kids it would just be dutch angle and it's like is this a foreshadowing for something but uh, oh, I think it's also, a like, it's a,
1: it gives it some style, like, in a w- w- surreal way, like, a comical yeah. way. Um, also, like, I don't think the Dutch angle always means, means eerie. I think it just means, like, it can be surreal or off or... Um, yeah,
0: it's something is, is off-kilter. Um,
1: uh, but it can be off in a chaotic, positive way, if that makes sense. I'm, um, I feel like I talk in D&D uh what's it called alignment anymore a lot yeah. from playing so much but uh yeah um great 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 movie uh I, we yeah. didn't talk uh, we got to wrap up with this one just because uh we're on a time crunch today but uh i want to uh, we didn't we just brushed over DeMayer you talked about DeMayer but DeMayer is one of the best roles in the film along i would say Sal's great. Sal was nominated. The actor Danny Aiello was nominated for an Oscar. It was the only person in the cast nominated for an Oscar. That's crazy. Really? The nice. white guy is not. That just speaks to everything in this movie. And it's nothing uh, about Danny Aiello because his performance yeah, he, is great. Sal was great. But, but I, I feel like yeah. bugging Out, Radio Raheem, um, even The Mayor would, are all it, great yeah, characters. The Mayor was
0: my favorite uh, of the acting and stuff. I thought he did the... He did the like functioning alcoholic, just, you know, looking after his neighborhood guy pretty well.
1: Uh, me and, uh, me and wrist recently watched Bubba Hotep on, uh, on Comet, the uh, basic cable channel. And, uh, and he plays, um, G- uh, jfk or like jack kennedy or something and he's black like he he just never explained he's like i'm the real j the real jack kennedy or something like that it's so funny oh my god he's really really funny in that and he's really funny in this he's just a really likable guy and
0: then bruce campbell and elvis yeah yeah so yeah (laughs) yeah Um, i've never seen that but i heard so many things about it
1: yes uh i'm trying to sing um uh just a couple of fun little notes that i had uh, apparently spike lee wanted robert de niro to play sal um but, oh, wow. but de niro was too busy um we mentioned earlier that martin lawrence was in, was in it uh, in a small part um and yeah uh i guess that's really it um i love this film
0: how would you feel about martin lawrence's lisp in this movie and i
1: think it was cool to see him play a more like background character that wasn't just like stealing the scene um yeah. like he wasn't the leader of the gang or anything um or he wasn't the cool guy in the group um it, yeah, was, just, yeah. it was it was kind of cool seeing him in a
0: role like that because you don't see him he, i
1: haven't seen him in many roles like that
0: at first i thought he was doing the lisp to like make fun of like whoever like when he first like starts talking but then he has it through the whole movie and it was just like, oh, it, like at first it was like it seemed like it was so over the top um with it but it was committed with the whole thing so it's just like part of the character but it was uh, it was just interesting um because he's so young in this and just kind of you know he's martin lawrence <laughs> but um yeah like you said it was kind of nice but the, the yeah the i for for the love hate for keem having the love hate uh brass knuckle things on him i feel like he he was just very angry yeah he's an
1: angry man he was angry but I, he wore colorful clothes um so much color and this is the the style of the of the late 80s early 90s just Mm -hmm. so much color um and uh, i also read in the production that they that spike wanted everyone to not they tried to eliminate the color blue from from props and costuming um as much as possible to try to enhance the feeling of how hot it is which Mm -hmm. i thought was interesting was an interesting uh detail um I think that uh, you hear about those kinds of things, like the atten- and then people latch on to how crazy that is or whatever. But it just speaks to how to make a good film visually, um, and if you really want every shot to be, you know, a painting, like they say, or whatever, it's not just the framing and everything. Like there's a serious attention to detail, and um, mm. everything that that you can have. Um, to really curate the exact look you're going for, and I think that's how people like Wes Anderson um, and others, or we, Riss is downstairs watching uh, Taika Waititi movie, um, and just how people like develop their styles in that way.
0: Yeah, with um, with film we evan and i always say um and most people i think are right on this but our, our department is the most important department on, on a film set like what you p- throw in front of the lens is way more important than like you could have how it's put together yeah the best, the yeah, and and the best
1: camera it, and everything yeah you're roger deacon's just, on the best camera yeah. in the world
0: yeah but if you don't have the uh the art department there like setting everything it sets the tone it's it every that even how you light everything like lighting is just as important as but I would say art department slightly more because you can have great lighting, but if there's nothing interesting to kind of like immerse you into the room or into the area or whatever, it's just, you know, you're just, just watching something on a screen, um, rather than feeling like you're, you know, you're there and you're understanding like the setting and the characters and all how they're feeling and how they interact and live in this. Um, one of my favorite like set on this was all of the interior apartment scenes super dark and contrasty but you have just the bright orange glow from the heat coming in from outside and it's just so, like all silhouette um but there's a lot of handheld shots in there too it just makes it kind of feel more like i guess more more real more at home more fly on the wall um no it it, i just it was done so well and that was probably my favorite like those scenes were probably my favorite uh, from a, like a lighting standpoint and just kind of like set direction because it just it conveyed the heat it conveyed the um the uh, the, the class i guess I, I don't know how to how i would say it um like the income of the area and just kind of like how oh yeah was surviving and everything
1: it's still and i um, love uh, when they illustrate that but it's still vivid and beautiful at the same yeah, time like
0: that the use of like the heavy orange light the bright red wall from- the bright yeah. red wall I,
1: I and with the three old guys in the umbrella like is yeah, such yeah. a cool shot
0: i thought every and,
1: time it came up it was like this looks so good
0: and with um tina's uh, apartment they had just uh, uh so red um not curtains but like the shades i guess for the windows um but when you had the light come like hitting through that red it just like popped in in this all black scene and it just like um yeah really Punches home just like the heat, but also just kind of just like the—I um, don't want to say blood, but like the, I guess yeah, like boiling blood. Um, just look like at the tension of everything because red is such an aggressive color.
1: Yeah. What? Um. On its like speaking of the heat, I think uh, for sure it's trying to. Now that I know uh, the, what he was saying about color and eliminating blues and wanting hot colors, it definitely mm-hmm. explains why. Um, so much red and orange and yellow is used um in the more in the sets but um than in the costumes but uh but there's a little red on everybody I notice mm. um and if there's not, it's behind them or something um the one thing and we got let's give the scores after this and move on but the one thing I wanted to ask you style wise the shot wise i noticed how did you feel about the shot through the box fan um that was like. It looked like a strobe light because it was like shooting. I don't know if it was shooting through the fan or if it was shooting mm-hmm. like, um, like in a way that the the fan was hitting the light. So it was just this strobe light through the fan. It was during I'm the sec- which, which it, was during it was during the sex scene, the ice, the ice, the ice cube oh, sex scene. Oh, okay. And you, at you, the that. end of it, it was like a strobe light from the fan, the box fan, and. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, if you didn't notice it, then you must not notice it. But uh, Riss did not no, like I, I, wrist did not like it, and I thought it was cool. But then, it yeah, liked. I knew what you're talking about. But uh, uh, Riss, I thought it was cool. But then, you know, like strobe lights are just kind of uh hard on the eyes. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I didn't mind it or anything. I was curious if you no, thought that no, was I, cool or if you thought that yeah, was lame I just, I just, or I, you just I didn't. didn't you were indifferent
0: to it. I didn't really notice it because it, I just felt part of the scene, and when something just feels like it flows part of the scene, well, it's just kind of, you know, it's kind of like a, a good movie score where it's, if you don't notice, it, it's doing the right thing. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, I would say it was either um, them cutting the light intentionally or it, shooting through the fan, but the, uh, yeah, no, I, I mean, it works for that scene. Um, oh, oh man, I forgot the, my last thing I was to say. There's so many scenes that just cut mid sentence abruptly and change to another scene. Which I yeah, liked. I and like that. in like, because
1: honestly, I didn't notice that. So the fact that, because I sometimes risk usually points that kind of thing out. And the fact that I didn't even notice that it just meant it just helped the flow. It fit the flow and style mm-hmm. of the film so well. Like you were just saying with that. Um, yeah, this
0: movie is great. What are you scoring it? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm torn. I'm somewhere between a four and a four and a half. I really like this. Really? Uh, um,
1: yeah, I was torn between a four and a half and a five. And I think I'm giving it a five.
0: Okay. Uh, what's do... What's
1: there? To, what's there to bring it down for? Um, like, that's what I kept thinking. So like, there's no, nothing I can say that can bring
0: it down. I feel like it was a tiny bit long and it's two hours flat. Yeah, and then the 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 scenes with Spike Lee sometimes took me out of it, but but I'm yeah I'm, I'm like solid four and a half uh, right. after talking about yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I mean uh, yeah you don't gotta you don't gotta come up because I was high on it, but I definitely no, but think this was, is a near up there. this is a near perfect film. I and I think I think the power of it elevates mm-hmm. it that extra half star for me, the power <laughs> and and relevance of it. So I think I yeah I'm gonna give it a five. I think I'm going to put it at number one. I don't know. Gummo and comparing Gummo to this is impossible.
0: Um, yeah. But... I, like, I like, I slightly like Minari better, but I feel like it's because Minari first had more like pulling at my heartstrings moments. I
1: think Minari is such a uh, is a, I think my only issue with Minari, it was like his conventional American story that's been told a million times. It's just been, this is a newer, pers- a, a different perspective and that's what makes Minari special. Hmm. But I, but that, I think is what holds me back from giving it a five is because like I feel like I know I've seen that story mm. before, um, so that uh, yeah, it didn't. I think this movie I uh, this I also balled my eyes out at the end of this movie, um, not the end end, but like the Radio Raheem section because it just felt so real, like I was reliving the the the, the riot summer, you know, mm. the George Floyd riot summer last year. And uh, maybe that's also why, like our own PTSD from living in these times. Um, and not, honestly, and that's sad to say, because we're not even the ones first experiencing it firsthand. Um, so you can only imagine. Um, but, so you know, maybe if one day we get beyond all this shit, you know, will this will have that same feeling? Like oh, oh, while well, we're this generation, or right now we're in the midst, still in the the midst of this very struggle. Mm-hmm so i don't know but yeah i'm i'm feeling good about that um so interesting enough that's interesting because i heard you say positive things about the five bloods and if you scored this four four and a half and you also felt good about the five bloods i like the five bloods but i also found a lot more wrong with it
0: uh yeah, I don't like. I think this is "Do the Right Thing" is a better movie than the Five Bloods. I just I just like the the Five Bloods. I like yeah the, yes Um, I love one the, the, the en- Five Bloods. the en- ensemble cast. I like the movies where you're kind of just you're focusing on like the group, so you can like really deep dive to the character emotion and developing and stuff. Whereas it's like a movie like "Do the Right Thing." You're you're just jumping around so much to get the story and to get the setting and the you know the immersion, um. And you can still get all the emotional points that you need to hit, but with like the, with the five bloods, you know, you're following these four guys for, for the whole movie, and and when certain things happen, the midway point, I my jaw dropped, and just like emotions were felt because I felt like you know like these guys are like, um, it's just like seeing a group of friends go on a trip essentially, but it just it's. No, no, I'm, we'll talk about it before I, we start giving away story beats and stuff, but... Oh, um. uh,
1: well, I feel like it's... it's I, like, starting with the story, because then I can just... We can just talk about how I felt about it after that. Um, yeah. No, we don't have to go in deep, but, like, a quick... Like, you know, like, the, the few-sentence synopsis. Basically, the story is, you got five friends um, who served together in Vietnam in the same unit. Um, one of them is dead, Um one of them died in Vietnam and you find in the beginning, they're just, the story is they're going back to find his remains and it's, you know, sponsored by the government in conjunction with the Vietnamese government. And it just seems like this, you know, veteran thing. And it's a nice thing that they're going to do and have a reunion and, and whatever. And then you get there. So I feel like this movie has got like two halves. So the first movie, it's just them all having this reunion in. um, in Vietnam you know they're going to the bar and they're catching up with with old Pete with old flames and whatever mm. um, and then the second half of the movie is like this the adventure where they are out in the jungle and they are you know looking for what you find you find out that they're actually there looking for some stashed um, US government gold bars that were lost in the in their last mission or something one of their last missions. Chadwick Boseman yeah. plays the fifth friend who um, who died in action. Um,
0: I felt that was really sad just because, like, he Chadwick Boseman passed last year, uh, or was it was two years ago, um, but you know, not long after this movie came out, uh, and. It for some reason just like because him being the dead character in this and him being dead in real life. It oh yeah, it makes it way more powerful. Like, yeah, it felt very sad just because this was pro- this was like one of his last movies. Uh, um, uh,
1: his performance and Delroy Lindo's performance, who uh, I would say is the the main the main guy. I forgot his character's name. He's he loves Paul. Trump. Paul, that's it. I'm gonna pull that up. Um, his performance is fucking amazing and just crazy powerful yeah. like especially when you start out hating him um mm. absolutely hating him um uh, and and then yeah he, he he goes off and has like these long monologues this movie is indulgent I think we can say that um ne- this reminds me of the Irishman and that like Netflix must have been like hey we'll produce this movie we'll distribute this movie for you um you know we're not gonna have, say There's what a the yeah, make your movie. We're not gonna say anything about it. Um, just turn it in. We'll put it up. That's what this felt like. Um, so like the, there, the, there is a I think a desperate need for an editor, uh, at the wheel or just someone yeah. to to help cut some of this shit out. Um, My biggest
0: gripe was the length for sure, but it, it, it. But I don't. I didn't. It didn't feel long to me in the first half though. I loved all the stuff pre jungle. See, I hate it. I thought this movie
1: was absolutely terrible pre-jungle. And that's really? what I
0: I'm, I'm I'm
1: excited to get to. Pre-jungle was so cliche and shitty. Um <laughs> that I was like, this movie is straight up two or maybe one for me right now. This scene oh, wow. but before we get before I get to that, let me talk about the cast beyond Delroy Lindo. Um, Clark Peters. Uh, there's two actors from The Wire, um, which you're gonna be hearing me talk about The Wire a lot. Um, but uh Isaiah Whitlock Jr., who played Melvin, and uh Clark Peters who played Otis, uh who ends up being like the the action like the other kind of lead, like the second male lead of the film. Um they're both uh they're both from the wire and they have great uh lead parts in that in that show. The wire's one of the best shows ever. Um, Isaiah Whitlock says his, his, uh, his catchphrase from The Wire, which is, Shit. <laughs> and when he said it, I got out of my seat and was like,
0: Yes.
1: <laughs> yes. Uh, I I think it's so funny that that that's become a meme for him that is now transcending multiple medias. That if you cast him in something, just expect that he might say, shit. I wonder if they write it, if they wrote that in or... Or um, if
0: it was just shit, or if it's know, improvised, like so he
1: just tries to improvise it and everything he does, I I think it would had to have been cognizant of it because the fact that you cast two characters from The Wire and they're both in the lead parts and the you know they're a part of the main cast, um, mm-hmm. I think I think Spike might have re- recently watched The Wire before he uh, casted this film, but that's just me assuming because I like to like I said earlier directly connect everything, um. <laughs> This is a direct influence of why this happened. Um But yeah. The and then all of a sudden we also need to talk about Jonathan Majors, who is plays Paul's son, David. Uh Jonathan Majors is great. Uh he's in Lovecraft Country. Uh he's also in um The Last Black Man in San Francisco, which is a great A24 movie that we will probably watch someday. Um, that's my, the, my first experience at John of the majors and, uh, he's great and everything I see him in. He's kind of like, yeah, yeah, Abdul Medine. They're like, a, they're like around the same age. They're both on HBO shows, one, uh, HBO, one was on Watchmen and one was on Lovecraft Country. Um, both coming out of indie, like A24 indie flicks. Um, yeah, they're like of the same class to me and, uh, love them in this. Uh, he was really good he's like a professor he goes he, from morehouse college a black college and mm. he uh and he's kind of i don't he, he kind of like he showed up to keep an eye on his dad but also he seems to know about the gold and pretty much demands a cut from the jump
0: yeah he's like i read all your emails your passwords is one two three four uh oh yeah cause he's so, but i feel like yeah, I feel like it was more like I want to know where my dad's going or why he's going because it could be a thing where it's like maybe because it, he said his dad has nightmares over Vietnam all the time and yeah, like Paul PTSD, has
1: severe like, PTSD. Like they all say they do, but they and they kind of try to play off Paul's, but Paul is literally insane because yeah. of uh, he's still dealing with his
0: demons from the war, which you find out more of like later on. There are. Uh,
1: there's also flat this should i guess we mention there's also flashbacks throughout the movie of the oh, and they're, the and they're shot like war like straight up war scenes and yeah. they ch- they chose to not de-age any of the 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 bloods and chadwick boseman is young is at his age when he died but the rest of them are like their current selves which i thought was an interesting choice i like um, that to be i don't honest. it didn't it did not it, it worked it worked fine because
0: yeah. um, I, I took it as, um you know, it's them reliving it now, like now. That yes, sense. Like,
1: yes. And well, like the way they go to action later in the film, um, which is not quite like how you think it would be. Like, all oh, these old guys are all going to have to fight again in the end, um, they which they do. But it's a little different than than exactly that. Um, you know, they're, they're still these people. I think that's what it's also trying to underline. Like, these are the same guys um mm-hmm. as they were then they're older they're you know they're worn a little bit but they're still the same guys um oh, excuse me
0: the let me finish yeah sorry so, go ahead uh, i was just gonna say the um I, I like the why i like the first half so much was because like and you could say the first half is a little long i think it's about an what an, a little over an hour before they make it to the jungle yes but um they, they find the
1: gold at oh,
0: exactly halfway. Gotcha. Gotcha. The, uh, I just, I like the interaction between them and I liked like you were, you were getting backstory just from their interactions. Not, in, not even necessarily talking about what they're doing, like outside of the movie, but just kind of like how they play off of each other. Like who's what role in the, in the friend group and everything. And it, it it was, it was funny. It was fun. Uh, obviously Paul is, you know, dealing like when that dude's trying to sell him a chicken and he just loses his shit on the boat. And or he's called you know he's the maga guy, which is very odd, <laughs> but um and it, it made me it, it made me have more of an emotional impact when they got to the jungle and shit started going down because um, I just like I just felt bad every time something bad happened. I felt so bad um like i I had tears well up whenever uh the the one character Eddie, who we didn't really talk a lot about he's played by Norm Lewis. um
1: Yeah, wait. Don't let's not get to that yet, because I—that's all I was trying to say—is I still want to talk about the beginning.
0: Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm sorry.
1: Um, so I wasn't. Yeah, I didn't get to finish talking about the beginning. The beginning, as I did, I hated, and it's because it's so cliche and bad. The uh, the dialogue with them all with the French guy are Mm -hmm. um is terrible. That whole scene was terrible. The scene with Clark Peters in his. Um, his old flame and his illegitimate daughter um, mm. that he'd never met is also extremely cliche and has been in a million movies and everything about Vietnam. Like you have to have a long lost child. I feel yeah. like um, it honestly just reminded me of Hey Arnold uh, <laughs> and, and Mr. Wynn's long lost child, but also um, yeah, I have seen it in a million things and that scene was just so heavy handed and cringe uh, the radio the radio things in this movie, with the the like, they do this flashback, grainy Hanoi radio thing, and I'm I think it, I looked into it and it is something that was a thing in Hanoi at the time. Um, but the way it was used, the fact that they they show you this long the whole sequence, and then they keep coming back to it, and instead of showing you new things, they just show you smaller chunks of that original sequence, and like that is a thing. I was like, why? Like, why did we need to? Like I guess I get you're trying to like establish a vibe, and mm. like this is uh, the memories that they keep hearing in their heads or whatever of the time, uh, and they're you know they there's a lot of there's flashbacks because it's you know, I get it Vietnam flashbacks, um you, the way memories and PTSD work like there is a good use of those themes, but I feel like it just pads the runtime and doesn't really like mm. make the film better. I like the seeing it once. Um there's a lot of creative things he does. So he throws the, this movie gets the kitchen sink thrown at it. There's monologues, there's like state theater stage-looking stuff, there's the radio, the radio things, there's flashbacks. It goes 4 by 3. I love the way when it goes from flashback that the screen just shrinks and grows mm-hmm. back and forth instead of just being yeah. cut. They use um slideshows uh, multiple points in the movie um like uh, like picture yeah.
0: slides every time they reference like a, a famous uh, black person or something, they cut and put the person's picture and name on the screen. I like,
1: um, or, I, I realized uh, that that, that I realized that that uh, had the runtime as well, but like in a good way. And like, that was part of his, mm-hmm. uh, like that was part of the story is give it well? it's black history. Black history is another yeah. theme of the movie. Um, is just talking about black people in black history that you, we don't know quite as much about um, mm-hmm. than the typical, the, the ones we, you know, we get taught about as kids um do you have something to say
0: i was just agreeing to what you were saying essentially saying the same thing
1: um Uh, yeah did you agree about how well you said you liked the first the first section and i thought that it was cliche and cringe and i was worried i I I was (laughs) worried about my enjoyment i was like this is a slog and it's two and a half hours i'm like this is gonna be bad and then once the adventure started like not like like once they are just straight up started it was fine, mm. like the chicken scene and all that. I was interested in all that. Um, it started to come together. the The guy who plays sorry, I know I'm talking a lot, but the guy who plays the uh, Roche, the end, uh, the, the ultimate bad the Ren, guy. Yeah, where uh, John Renault? He's yeah. the you know the classic French actor from uh, from the uh, Leon, the Professional with uh what, with that's Natalie Portman's opening role. I really want to see that movie. I've never seen it before. But he's a really uh classic French actor from the ni- 90s. That's in a ton of uh ton of cool shit. Like he did a lot of action stuff. There was like a French his friend Leon the Professional's kind of uh like um Chow yun Fat's kind of a, a little bit. Gotcha. Um, oh, French accent, But yeah, his performance is kind of not good. It's very phoned in. Um, I hate yeah. to say it's very phoned in, um, and it doesn't really offer anything to the yeah, film. I, agree with that. I was excited that he was in it, but uh, but he wasn't very good. That scene, just scenes with him and the scenes with it wasn't the lady's fault. The female actress, I didn't know her name, I forget Tien, I believe is the character's name. Um, but those scenes were just all bad. And but I uh, and I kind of but they do set up the film to move forward in the second half
0: mm. i was gonna say i the his character and then the the group the the three people from lamb um the the mind disarming people oh yeah yeah we didn't art. talk about that i didn't really i didn't i i there's no i'm sure she's a great actor but for some reason what her dialogue lines just sounded bad to me the french uh, girl yeah, I didn't I don't have a
1: problem just, with her. I think just her being French, there's gonna be like a, uh, it's like harder to tell because of the accent, yeah. and that might have been even the issue with Jean with uh, uh, Jean Renault. but
0: uh, yeah, no, his. I mean, when they're doing the negotiation scene, it just he, there's like no tension in it because he just seems like he just doesn't care. <laughs> but maybe also he's like some big rich millionaire guy, so maybe he just doesn't care whether this happens or not. Um, but. I don't know. I, I know what you mean.
1: It's 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 bloated, and indulgent. But once the adventure gets started for me, it gets a lot better. Though I, the ending, I start to check out when it gets very cliche. Like the drug cartels come to steal them the gold, and yeah, it, it, there's just I a was, lot
0: of cliche about it. Um, I was hoping it wasn't gonna go down that road. That's my biggest thing with it. it. Was just like you had to set up to be something so much cooler more powerful then, than this yeah and just, than just a basic it, it, cliche story yeah come, I, come on. It, it got, that sorry guys i was
1: just gonna say the mind stuff i thought was actually at first i was like okay and then the mind stuff was actually good because it became yeah, this level I, of I uncertainty wish. that anyone could step on a mine at any time and paul's whole thing where he just starts praying and walking through the jungle because he's like i like i'm done with y'all i'm just getting out of here and mm. fucking uh just walks through the jungle and there could be a mine anywhere and he just prayed mm. like God's gonna take care of me, and if this is meant to be, it's meant to be, and uh, he ends up, you know, getting killed in the end by the. I I don't have the cartel. I just keep calling them that because it's like that cliche group. Yeah, in these kind I don't of movies. Know if they
0: were the name. They're just some they're kind of like, crime like, organization. Um, so they were working for deroche uh, Yeah. The French guy. So that was just. I, I guess they're part of his. Our cartel. I don't know. He just wanted the gold, but. Um,
1: there's a lot, this movie is a lot great about it and a lot good about it. And I think it could have been edited into a four for me Uh, not to start talking about numbers already, but I think it could have been edited into a great movie to me. Um, Mm. But it is, uh, and there's a lot great about it. And I think that makes it worth seeing if you have the time to, I just put this on while I was uh, just hanging out and doing a couple things. Um, I started like working on models and things while I watched it and, uh, it wasn't bad. It wasn't a bad watch, but I feel like if I just was sitting there watching it, that it would have been much more of a slog for me. I had to pause it multiple times in the beginning. Also for all the cringe Trump shit that kept coming out of Paul's mouth. Yeah. It was like, Oh my God. Like it's heavy handed, but it is kind of actually how these people talk. So
0: I didn't, it didn't, it didn't really bother me that much. Um, yeah, they have. They all those people have the same talking points. So there's there's only so much you can stretch out of that. But I um I, I definitely feel like this movie is too long. Definitely, I feel like two hours. You know, shave a half hour of this. You know, get rid of a little bit in the front and get rid of some of the stuff in the middle. But the uh it, overall though, it just it when we start getting into the deaths and when the stakes get raised. From yeah, the line, once. Feels, I mean, so yeah, right. talk
1: about Eddie. Talk. You wanted to talk about Eddie. Talk about Eddie
0: okay i had so eddie which we didn't really talk he was the other member of the four guys that come out and he's supposed to be like the rich guy in the group who has all these car dealerships and shit and then you find out that he's broke whenever they get the gold uh everyone wants to keep it for themselves like their share for themselves and eddie's like you know norm wanted us to give this back to you know to the people reparations to the people uh and all this stuff and and while he's like going on about this and stuff um you you know everyone's kind of like I think you think Otis is kind of leaning that way Paul's very much like fuck you I got mines. um and but then later they're like slightly later they're just talking and he just is backing up and he just explodes and then they just cut to him screaming and they show it, and his arms are gone and his waist below his waist is gone and he's just screaming and he's just a like he's just a torso and it's so horrifying and and so sad cuz Eddie was so he was like doing the right thing and is a nice guy. He was just like, and he just got done talking about how broke he was and now he doesn't have any money. Cause, um, you know, he, he blew it all away or made bad investments and stuff. And, and, and he, he just, ah, oh, yeah, oh, man, it was so sad. I felt so bad. It sucks so bad.
1: Yeah, it was really sad. That was the movie at its peak. That was definitely the movie at its peak was that scene. Because that was like there was chaos for like the next half hour from that point, so things kind of settled down again. And it was uh, that movie that was when the movie's at its best. And and that was like the adventure half of the movie is actually really good. And then um it starts to become like once the gang gets involved is when Mm. it starts to be bad again. Like when it's just the mind people and Paul going crazy and, like, them fighting over... Yeah, but, like, the element of them going crazy over the gold... Like, there's, like... A, once you guys mm-hmm. have it, they start... You know, it's a cliche in these kind of treasure hunt movies where once they find the gold, they start backstabbing each other, you know? And that doesn't yeah. happen fully, but I think Paul does that a little bit. He just starts Paul taking... he's
0: going to get backstabbed, and, and so he tries he to... He gets
1: paranoid, he, yeah. Yeah,
0: he tries to get a leg up and be like, oh, I'll backstab you before you backstab me. Uh, but um, the... I, I, this could have been such a more interesting story if you got rid of the that part of the action elements, the, like the like the, the, the we'll keep saying the cartel people, because <laughs> um, the I know, because like once I did... they
1: came out, I was like oh, and then I realized yeah. where it was going, and I was like oh man,
0: yeah, because you see that little inkling. There's just like a shot of just like the two guys with guns in the like woods watching them, and then it's just like goes away for like 15 minutes, and I was like man, this is yeah, this is Expendables. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah,
1: some I read in some reviews that this is the sim, very similar to the plot of Rambo 2, Rambo First Blood Part 2, um yeah. where he I think he has to go on a mission to get an old buddy and there's gold involved and all that. And like they so the review was like this is like Rambo Part 2 but good. And uh I thought that was funny. But also it's I think that's what makes it feel cliché because we know this story. Uh, we yeah. know we know these beats, but this is putting making it about these black men and their experience in Vietnam. But also, it's making it about mental illness and PTSD. They also talk about it like there's this thing where they roast one of the characters for needing painkillers because they're old and have yeah need, like uh, back problems or something. It's and a bad hip. and uh, yeah, that's it. And you know, at first you think about it, but also like he they're going to be carrying. Like, do they know how heavy gold bars are? Like, that's gonna be—he's gonna need that. You know, if he yeah, has a problem, right. he's not gonna be able to do this without that. And it comes up, and you know, and after he gets roasted, you find out one of the other characters, Melvin, also was subscribed the prescribed the exact
0: same thing. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> and just hands in uh, his bottle because they say once they get the gold, they mentioned like, dude, they're carrying like forty pounds extra a piece. Uh, Justin Gold, and uh, the only one who's actually strong enough to like walk normally with it is David, because he's young. Um, but it very much seemed like a, you guys didn't think this through kind of thing.
1: Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, that was the point where they. It reminded me of of stupid ass army of the dead not be because when they got to the money it was like how are you guys going to get all this out of here in time you can't you physically can't and then you find out because that movie is poorly written that that was never the intention it was never for them to take all that money Um yeah. But, or this, uh, they make it a plot point, and that's it's better written in that way. I do think this movie isn't the best. The, like the dialogue is good in parts, but there's also like a lot of I love all the monologues and the the flashback with Chadwick Boseman, I, but there is some bad dialogue uh, in the first mm. the, in the first half of, from my opinion, mm-hmm. and the the back the ending as well. Um, that is not is up to par. Um, that's what I mean. There's so is the movie just messy. It's like if this could have been tightened up mm-hmm. by like as somebody, you know, uh, with uh, either the editing or what have you, just kind of make tightening things up. I think mm-hmm. it could have be it could be uh, could been be a possible classic. But yeah, the
0: um, with the uh, oh god, I almost I, I just lost it. Shit, um, the uh, I don't oh, All right. The yeah, side. don't wow. do that. <laughs> sorry, I just had it and as soon as you stopped talking it went away. Um, um
1: but, I, mean, oh, I, I was gonna I, say this
0: is, sorry, I got it. This is I think this is a an example of when a cast lifts a script up. Um because the main uh, you know, cast, like the four the main four guys, I think are phenomenal. I think that with like they are the reason why I like this so much is because I I care and about it. Chad
1: Honestly, Chadwick Bozeman and Jonathan majors as well. And honestly that's that a, Asian yeah, the, guy the, is good. Van Vin or Vin was his name. Vin, I I yeah. really loved his character. He was just super chill about everything.
0: Yeah. Um but I think that that's why I like it so much as I feel like if you had different actors and this this might not have worked well. I think the casting was good. It's well it's
1: yeah, it's super
0: well casted. Because the, it, the the cliche parts like they don't hit they don't they didn't come off as cliche to me because i like the people who were delivering the lines but the um
1: of those some of that shit could not have been saved in my yeah opinion. <laughs> but yeah that
0: yeah there's yeah there's there's at least a half hour to cut off of this movie of just the bad dialogue yeah just bad
1: cringe scenes and bad dialogue and but there's and, a good movie in there yes there's a great movie in there in my opinion it's just you know how much are you willing to um insert your the, the extra investment in this film um the, yeah, it's super indulgent, I think indulgent is a gr this isn't i know you, when I use that word, I always mean like there's a great idea here or there's something good here, but they maybe are taking some things super far like you're throwing too much at it, and like there is yeah. a point where less is more with this film um but this is a more is more film,
0: yeah the um This is a a circle back to the 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 Vietnam like cartel guys coming in, but as soon as they showed up, I just couldn't stop thinking about Tropic Thunder, Um, which is a hot take I'd say. But the it just reminded me of the whole setup with them. Well, that movie's a
1: parody. That movie's also a, a parody of Rambo. Yeah, like
0: that's uh, like, like those films. Like stepping on the mines. Everything. Yeah, literally like, uh, those
1: are all tropes. <laughs> uh, that's why. That's what the he's using trope genre tropes. Yeah. Um, in this film all, uh, as well, and I think it takes it, it takes away from it because it may it takes away the uniqueness. Like you're he's putting a unique spin on genre on a genre and tropes, but I think the 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 reliance on some of those tropes. End up taking away from the power of the the uniqueness of it, if that makes sense.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Um, like I get what he's trying to do, but I don't think it always worked. I guess is what, um, and, and execution. Mm-hmm. Still likes it though, and it may. Uh, and next time, you know, we do Spike Lee. Well, you wanted to watch Black Klansman, and I insisted we watch this instead because it's his newest. Um, we we'll def- I've seen Black Klansman. It's a much better film i would put it with you know spike and his at the height of his powers for sure um so if you like this you'll definitely Mm -hmm. love black klansman i think black klansman's the kind of story in this style like uh that that you what would that would resonate with you more um but all right um let's do it let's score it let's wrap it up i know we we both got things to do today you got a busy day i gotta go to work I hour. I, I, in I go into uh, I think dads or something to watch football I think, um,
0: but uh, yeah. Stillers.
1: What uh? What are you giving to Five Bloods?
0: I I liked it, um, and now talking it out, I'm definitely sitting more at, like a three and a half. I think mean, I I liked a lot about this, but I feel like
1: be- I feel like what keeps happening, and like if this is happening. I mean, obviously, discussion is gonna. Uh, I've changed my score from before we start. I start the episode to after we discuss. But I want to make sure that, like, what I'm saying about the movie isn't like grafting onto you and then devaluing no, no, how you felt about it. I,
0: it's bringing up points I n- not necessarily would have thought. Okay,
1: about okay. I mean, I mean obviously, that. we've we've disagreed. See the Atomic Blonde episode, but uh, <laughs> we've definitely disagreed before. But I want to make sure that just uh, make uh, address that. Because uh, you know it kind of can happen when you when you're talking to people about stuff. Um, all yeah, right, I, three and a half.
0: Because, yeah, yeah. Because it's I liked it a lot, but I it didn't like it as much as as do the right thing. And I don't think it had the same kind of like newer like more powerful feelings as that kind of did. But it's great acting. It's great. um There's great emotional moments that actually like hit home and deliver. There's just you know it's you just got a slightly better dialogue and clean up about a half hour off this movie
1: i've given this movie a three um and i but I like i said there's a four inside of this movie um i think delroy lindo uh, should have been nominated for an oscar and i think uh, from just reading other people's reactions to the film that seems to be uh not an unpopular sentiment um uh there's that's i mean there's a lot of good pieces in it but there's also the, the i can't escape the expendables vibes and in, in there's we're gonna have to watch Rambo Two at some point probably next boom fest but i i can't help but think about the cartel existing in the suicide squad expendables and this movie um and being the exact same role this one's not the government in expendables and in um suicide squad they are the government they're like the yeah. dictator government but it's basically the same same role um and it kind of just reminds makes me realize to never if i ever make a film to not do that to not use make an action war movie to try to be more creative than and not this isn't even a knock on these filmmakers just it's been done and if we wanted to do something else we should try to think of something besides um cartels or dictator armies or um yeah have you
0: yeah i agree with that
1: yeah all right uh so three and three and a half that's and and you said four and a half and five for do the right thing Mm -hmm. um that's not bad not bad um so we actually
0: sorry go ahead i was gonna say yeah i'm down to watch more spike lee movies these are like i like these a lot
1: yeah, I That's the thing. When every we did when we did John Waters, I immediately was like, I would love to do more. I've been wanting to do more James Gunn. I've been wanting, and now I want to do more Spike Lee. I want to more do more John Woo. There's so many uh, directors that we've discovered that we've just tasted a couple films of that. Are just like man, I need to. Do, I want to watch their whole filmography. I was hmm. thinking this morning that eventually, if we get, I doubt we're gonna get hit another pure drought period like we did during the pandemic. Um, of like not movies, no good movies coming out, but boy, if we get a drought, I would love to just spend a month going through somebody's catalog and just focusing like spotlight, do a multi multi multi-parter on this person and just do, you know, two or three movies a week until we get most of their shit. Um, instead of, instead of jumping around, how would you feel about that?
0: i would be 100 percent done with that um that way you just you're just in the mood you're in the style and it helps you understand as you watch like more and more in the films set like watching the artist grow from like way this is what they were into when they started and this is how they did it but this is like whether they change style or genre up or they're just you know figuring out how to perfect like what they're trying to do from the first film and you know having it be in their what is it the magnum opus or whatever the
1: um so so next week we actually did a schedule because of the issue we had at the end of the last episode and i'm gonna i'm gonna actually change it already we were supposed i'm not even gonna say what we were supposed to do because i don't want to tease people that would have preferred that but i want to see the new paul schrader movie with um the card counter with oscar isaac and I figure that what we can do with that is probably also see First Reformed, Paul Schrader's movie from 2017 with Ethan Hawke, um, which is also fantastic. And uh, either that, or would you rather do Taxi Driver, which he wrote and Martin Scorsese directed, which is his yeah, um, classic claim to fame. I'm I'm more partial to First Reformed, but I'll let you decide of the
0: two. Uh, do the one that he directed then. That's fine.
1: I can't. I know way you getting
0: him in full control. I said, uh, do the one that he directed. That um, just man. so hello yeah. hello. yeah. I hear you now. Okay. Um, but yeah, I was going to say, yeah, do the one that he directed just, um, that way you, you're seeing him when he's got full creative control. It's
1: just the difference. Like he wrote taxi driver in the seventies and first reforms from 2017. Um, <laughs> so it's a big time jump, but no, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. I think it's really good. It's just first Reforms is an excellent film and it can't, you should see it. So I'm fine to do it now. Um. All right, that's it. We're doing Paul Schrader next week, and uh, we got another new film on the docket. I don't know if you know if it's in theaters, um, but it just released. So we'll do that next week. We'll see you soon, uh, everybody out there. Make sure that you follow us on uh so subscribe on youtube like us on facebook and uh follow us on spotify apple make sure you leave reviews and all that stuff it helps us a lot we are growing in our viewership i've been watching so i appreciate you guys out there that are, are are sticking around week to week um or even coming in for you know you movies that you've seen somebody reached out to me and said that they they watched all the episodes for movies that they've personally seen um and they've really enjoyed what we're doing. So uh, it's been a nice motivator. Uh, also, I've been talking about the uh, Best Girl Anime Podcast. That is coming up soon. I think um, we're going to – I meant to record it this week, but some shit came up. So uh, it should be out next week uh, at some point. So make sure you give that a follow. We've been, I've been um, thinking about doing some crossovers as well. Uh, when we do an anime, if we want to do an anime film, or if um you know we want to do something like the Ava movies or something like that. All right, nice. you got anything else to say? I just talked a bunch No, uh, just
0: keep watching and we'll keep doing our thing.
1: All right man uh well you get you gotta have a bit you got a big day, Mr. HBO um so uh have fun. it's still early in the morning over there and Thanks. I'm gonna
0: it's it's let's get ready for some football. Good luck. I'm literally going to get off this computer and go straight to work.
1: All right, man. Have a good day. All right. right. Later, guys. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye.